0: Now, we know on this side of the New Testament that the person Isaiah was referring to there uh, is Jesus Christ, even though Isaiah didn't know exactly who that would be or when that would come to be fulfilled at the time he wrote those words. The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ, he is giving us a prophetic Word. He's giving us a word concerning the one that would be sent from God who would redeem mankind from their sins. He would be the one who would come and restore us back into a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we know from the writings in the New Testament that Jesus was who Isaiah was referring to there and that he has come among us in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah also kind of foretells that when this child would be born, this son would be given, that there would be names, there would be attributes, there would be characteristics that he would be known by, and he gives us those um, in Uh, that verse there, and even though there are over 700 different names that Jesus would would come to be known by, characteristics and qualities that he would be uh, known by, uh, Isaiah gives us some very, very specific ones there, and he says, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and so we've been kind of taking those names and looking at them individually, last week we took that name, Wonderful, and again, as I said last week, a lot of times we've heard that read and we've heard that preached about that those are two words together. Wonderful counselor. And as we talked last week in the, in the original Hebrew, it's not that way at all. They are separate names. So his name shall be wonderful. And we took that name and we talked about that. And we discovered last week that that word meant miracle or miraculous. And we talked again last week about how uh, Jesus was miraculous uh, in his uh, conception, in the birth, in his life, in his ministry, and we see the miraculous in his death and his resurrection from the dead. So this week, I want to kind of turn our attention as we look at that second name that Isaiah uses there in defining the Messiah, and he says, when this child is born, when the son is given, he is going to be known as a counselor. And in the Hebrew, the word used there is an advisor uh, um, it, it refers to someone who gives advice, gives counsel, someone who gives direction and uh, purpose someone who who uh, instills successful plans uh strategies, right decisions um, and and, and this is what is, is, is being referred to there when he talks about uh, this Messiah would be a counselor. Many of you may remember uh, Condoleezza Rice. Uh, she once served as the Secretary of State under former President George W. Bush. And one of her responsibilities, as it is with all secretaries of state, uh, was to supply Um, and and to kind of study all of the complex issues uh, regarding foreign policy, the international front, and then she would, after studying and looking at all of the information that she had in front of her, she would then go and she would give her best counsel, her best advice uh, to the president uh, and the senior White House staff. Uh, One time in a Newsweek uh, article, President Bush recognized Condoleezza Rice as one of his greatest gifts, and he said she was one of the first people he talked to in the morning, often the last person he spoke to uh, at night and consulted with her uh, frequently because we lived, as we do now then, in a day of just uh, international uh, terror uh, and the possibility of at war. At one point in this article, uh, President Bush made this comment. He said, it has been such a gift for me to have such a qualified, wonderful counselor. And I thought, man, you know, everybody in this chaotic, uncertain, ever changing world would do well to have that kind of counsel, that kind of a counselor. You know, somebody who knows like a whole range of, of issues, someone who cares for you enough to kind of come alongside you and and impart wisdom and knowledge generously and lovingly. I mean, someone who would provide you with, with just the right kind of counsel at the right time that would keep you from making unwise choices or or getting your life off track. I mean, someone whose perspective is a Above and beyond yours, higher than yours, whose wisdom is deeper, whose commitment uh, knows no bounds. I mean, think about that kind of a counselor, that kind of an advisor. I mean, what a gift that would be to us. So the prophet Isaiah, 800 years before the birth of Christ, he says the Messiah is coming. And not only is he going to be miraculous, but he is going to be... A counselor. And then a few chapters later, Isaiah kind of expounds a little bit more on that concept of a counselor. And in Isaiah 11, beginning verse 1, he says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, that is that counselor that Isaiah refers to there a couple of chapters earlier. The spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel, and the spirit of knowledge. And again, Isaiah is referring there to the one person in the Godhead, more commonly known to us as the Holy Spirit. And what's amazing to me is it doesn't take long before Jesus is born, before Jesus comes into his ministry, that we begin to kind of see these characteristics of this counselor kind of come into play. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, kind of says, and the child, being Jesus, grew, and he became strong in spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. He was Filled with wisdom that comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And the byproduct of that was, was that he began to grow and manifest in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him couple of verses later verse 52 and it says and Jesus increased he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man so Jesus increased in, in wisdom and in knowledge and understanding over time. He also grew and increased in favor with God and with man. And Jesus manifests that wisdom. He manifested that knowledge in, in every area, in every field of knowledge. It's interesting that following the baptism by John the Baptist there in the Jordan River, one of the signs that followed In that as Jesus comes up out of the water, it says that the dove descended, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And and then immediately, it's just interesting that immediately as the Holy Spirit comes upon him, that he is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days for the purpose of being tempted by the devil. Now, it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. And it was the Holy Spirit that sustained him that entire time. It was also that spirit of wisdom, that spirit of knowledge, that supplied him with the strength to endure, to persevere, to overcome in that environment, those days of of no food. And it was also the Holy Spirit that supplied him with the wisdom to overcome the, very, the three very distinct temptations um, he faced there. And you remember that every temptation, the devil came at him, what did he do? He said, it is written, and he quoted scripture. That is wisdom. That is the Holy Spirit manifesting in wisdom and knowledge through Jesus. And then following those 40 days, uh, he emerges from the wilderness, Full of the Holy Spirit. And then he begins his ministry. And he just begins offering some of the most insightful, trustworthy, penetrating wisdom and knowledge and counsel that the world had ever heard before. And you remember how oftentimes Jesus would, would uh, end his teaching and, and people would just stand there astonished amazed in awe of his wisdom. In Matthew 7, 28, following the Sermon on the Mount, it says, and when it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. That, again, is the Holy Spirit manifesting itself in the life of Jesus as he taught the people In Matthew 13, 54, it uh, kind of reflects a similar response. And it says, when Jesus came into his own country, he taught them in their synagogues in so much as they were astonished. And they said, where does he get this wisdom? And the power to do these mighty works, where does that come from? Well, you and I know that comes from the Holy Spirit. That comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. And these are just a few of the attributes, his wisdom, his authority, his power, that would distinguish the Messiah from any other person who ever graced the face of the earth. If you think about it, there have been many, many great people who have lived throughout history. I mean, you can talk about Beethoven being a great composer, but so was Bach and Mozart. You can talk about Plato being this phenomenal philosopher, but so were Socrates and Aristotle. You can talk about what a great orator Homer was, but so were Churchill and Martin Luther King. You can talk about what a great conqueror Alexander the Great was, but so was Julius Caesar and um, Napoleon. You can talk about what a great author Shakespeare was, but so were Mark Twain and May Alcott. You can talk about what a great president George Washington was, but so were Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln. I mean, in the world of sports, you have your Shaquille O'Neal in basketball, but you also have your Michael Jordan, your, your Wilt Chamberlains. You've got Brett Favre in, in football, but you also have your Peyton Mannings, your Tom Brady. I mean, you have Andre Agassi in tennis, but you also have your Jimmy Connors, your John Macaron. I know some of those are long retired, but they're the ones I remember. I mean, you got your Tiger Woods, I saw the other day he's trying to make a comeback, so at least this one's relevant. In golf, but I mean, you've also got Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus, you've got your Babe Ruth in baseball, but you also have your Hank Aaron and your Mickey Mantle. On and on you can go, write the name of any great man or woman, and you can find another great man or woman just about as good and just about as great. But that is not true. With the name of Jesus. You take Jesus. You write down the name of Jesus. And there is no other name. No other person. You can place at the strata. Of the name of Jesus. That's why the apostle Paul said. In Philippians 2.9. He said wherefore God. Has highly exalted him Jesus. And given him a name. Which is above. Every name. There's no name, there's no person that can ever come close to or compare with the name and the person of Jesus. No other human being has ever lived, nor will no other human being ever live that we can look at and call Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Those names are reserved and used for Jesus exclusively. And as he comes and lives among us as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, he presents to us, he gives to us a living example of how this counselor would interact in our lives as well. Every one of us in this room have had times where life just bombards us with complex questions Challenges, situations, circumstances that seem so daunting and overwhelming to us. From the simple and mundane to the profoundly life-changing. And yet God has left us a companion, an advisor, a counselor. The spirit of wisdom to lead and to guide us through life's maze. Just like the Holy Spirit did for Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus makes this beautiful, incredible promise. And he said, I'm coming back. But he said, in the meantime, I am going to leave for you a friend, a counselor, a guide, a comforter. And he makes this amazing statement in John 14, 16 through 17. If you're a highlighter in your Bibles and you don't have this highlighted, highlight this. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. He lives with you and will later be in you, referring to Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came and it filled and it indwelled the believers. We're on the other side of Pentecost. That promise where Jesus said to them, he lives with you now, Emmanuel, God with you, but there's coming a time where he is gonna be God in you. And that's Pentecost, we're on the other side of that. We're living in the fulfillment of that promise today. Now there's a couple of interesting things to note about that verse there, that, that word another. Now the reason this word is so important is because this specifically means another of the exact same kind we're not getting counselor version 2.0.1. I mean, we're getting the same exact thing that filled and led Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying in essence and character and personality, this counselor, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, will be just like me. And he said this counselor, the Holy Spirit, is gonna operate in your life the same way he operates in my life. And so as a Christian follower of Christ, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're born again, the Bible says the Holy Spirit resides, lives, dwells within you. And all that Jesus had at his disposal, we have at our disposal as well. Now, I want to, I'm going to just kind of depart here from the notes for just a second. She's back there giving me a thumbs up, so awesome. Okay, just keep your finger there. We've got time, we'll come back to that. Simon, I want you to come. I, I didn't want to tell you this last night because I knew you'd get really nervous. and You would overthink it, and you probably wouldn't sleep the whole night. So I'm gonna, I want you to come because you shared a story with me last night that just was incredible about the birth of your daughter. And to me, it really is evidence of what it means to just follow the Holy Spirit. So I don't have a lot of time. So I want you to kind of come, and I want you just to share as quickly as you can that story and and what the Holy Spirit directed you to do, what you did, and what God did with that in the birth of your daughter. This is Simon Rodriguez. How much time do I have? Um, I'll be right here, so I'll kind of just come up, and if I start to put my hand around your throat, (laughs) it means to cut.
1: Uh, Okay, well, a little over a year ago when my daughter Abigail was born, She, we had a, Kathy had a normal pregnancy, Um, everything checked out fine, her due date was October 21st, Um, everything checked out good at the appointment that day, but they scheduled an ultrasound for the following day just to make sure things were, were okay, well we went to the ultrasound, everything checked out okay, so we went home, went to bed, and she woke up probably about a half hour after I fell asleep, and said that she thought she peed, pants, peed her pants. So I... <laughs> I, I was would like, oh. left that detail out, but <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, what happened is her water broke, but I was like, oh, go change, get back in bed. She did it again, but she was getting signs of a fever, and um, so she checked her temperature. It was 99.9, and... Um, So she called the OB ward, and they said, "Well, you can come in in the morning, or you can come in now. It doesn't really matter." Well, we decided to go in, and um, by the time we went ten blocks to the hospital, her temperature rose to 104.3. So they opted for C-section. Well, while they were trying to get the epidural going and everything, I just started praying in the spirit, just pacing back and forth outside the operating room, and just knew something big was going to go down, but at the same time, I had that peace that passes all understanding. It was just in tune, in prayer, and um, went in for the C-section. Um, our daughter came out born lifeless, completely gray in color. Um, she wasn't going at all. They were doing stimulating her feet, everything they could do to get her going, and they rushed her out into the nursery to go work on her, is what they said. Well, 20 minutes went by, and during that time, I was just still praying, trying to keep Kathy calm while they were sewing her back up. And almost in an audible voice within, I heard the Lord say, go lay hands on her. So I told Kathy, I think I need to go lay hands on her and pray for her. And um, Kathy said, go, just like a go, like I should have already been there, go. <laughs> just go, <laughs> you know. So I bolted out of there and ran down the hallway, and my pastor was there waiting because I had called him while they were hooked doing her epidural, and said, come on, we got to go pray for her. Well, we get into the, the nursery, and there was about 15 people in there, you know, doctors, EMTs, nurses, all trying to do everything they could to get her going. They said they had to do 20 seconds of CPR just to get her heart going, but it wasn't stable. It was very irregular. Um, They had to put a ventilator down her throat, and they were breathing for her by hand. She was still just lifeless, laying there, gray in color. And I told the doctors, I need to pray for my daughter. And they are like, well, we're doing everything we can. We're doing everything we can. So I was like, no, I'm praying for my daughter. So I pushed them aside, and I put my hand on her head and grabbed her hand and just said, life in Jesus' name. And right at that moment, color came rushing to her skin. She started breathing on her own. Her heart rate stabilized. And she's doing good from that point on. You know, but they and did. She looked at you. Oh, yeah. She lo- turned her head looked over, opened her eyes, and smiled, too. So, <laughs> good. Thanks. That's what I'm talking about.
0: See, that's the spirit of wisdom. Find that in the medical training manual. I mean, they were doing everything that they could do, but God said, I've got the one thing that will turn this all around. And He just spoke to Him. That, that is that voice, that is the Holy Spirit speaking, that is that spirit of wisdom, that's that spirit of knowledge to go in and do. And again, I'm, we're not here to discount, to you know, naughty doctor, bad doctor, bad hospital. No, they're doing everything they can, praise God, we're thankful for that. But he did the one thing that the Holy Spirit said to do, and it just brought forth a, a miracle, um, so again, this is, this is what we're talking about here when we talk about this counselor. I mean, you have the manifold wisdom of God at your disposal. Every one of you here, if you're born again, spirit-filled, you have the mind of Christ, Paul says. You have the manifold, full wisdom of God Your disposal, and it is yours to use in every situation, circumstance, challenge, problem. Again, no matter how great, God had a very simple way Hear my voice and be obedient, and that's what He did. Heard His voice, and He was obedient, and life comes. Oftentimes, we want to make this so difficult, we want to make this kind of you know so you know, complex, it's not complex, it's really not. It's just more being able to hear the voice, and Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. So if, if you're born again, you have the ability to hear his voice, and then we just do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, and it just produces. I think you kind of talked to me about, your pastor kind of got that word about Zoe, Um, And he just kind of kept saying, I just kind of kept hearing the the word zoe, and he was talking about, you know, Jesus said, I've come to give you life, zoe, and to give it to you in abundance. That is that zoe life, that God kind of life, that, that life that God lives. Um, and he's come to give us that life. And so for a while, they still do every so often. Her nickname is Zoe. Again, just recognizing God is the one who gives, who sustains uh, life. And so again, this is part of what uh, the, the spirit of, of that counselor comes to do. And so this morning, I wanna just um, Thank you for sharing that. That's just, it, it really, I, I kind of felt that last night, but I kind of thought, oh, I know if I tell him, I'd like for you to share that at church tomorrow. I just think you probably would have just been up all night and probably overthought it and stuff, so I appreciate you being so willing to come up and share that um, on the fly. So again, uh, where Jesus said that, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. That is so important for us to understand once God gives the Holy Spirit, once the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, it will never leave you. It will never abandon you. There's never a time you're going to go into a situation, a circumstance, um, a, a challenge that God is just going to say, you know what? I, I don't have an answer for this one. I'm out of here. It says he will never leave you. He'll never leave you abandoned. He'll never leave you uh, without an answer. He'll never leave you without a solution. So that's so important. I will never leave you. And again, he lives with you now and later will be um, in you. And again, for some of you, this could be just one of those radical, life-changing moments. And let me tell you why. Because some of us live with this tremendous sense of abandonment. I mean, maybe some of you have been through experiences uh, in your life, in your past, and we kind of just live with this nagging doubt that, that God couldn't possibly love me unconditionally. God couldn't possibly love me with a boundless, everlasting love i believe god can love other people like that but i don't believe god can love me like that because of the things that have happened or the things i've done in my life and so we begin to doubt this we begin to question will god ever leave me and jesus promises us no once he's once he's in he's in to stay He's not going anywhere and he's not going to abandon you. Some people, we live with this fear that if we screw up, if we make a mistake, if we step out of line, if we mess up, or if God really knows what we're really like, can I just clue you in on something? He does. (laughs) He knows everything. He, the scripture says in Psalm 139, he is intimately acquainted with you. He knows you inside and out, upside, downside, inside, out. He knows things about you you have forgotten. And in spite of all of that, his love has never changed towards you. It's never changed. You may feel like it's changed, but it hasn't. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I hope for some of you, you'll settle that once and all today. No matter how you feel, no matter the circumstances, but that you would just have that confident assurance that God has promised that the Holy Spirit's presence would always be with you. Now the important the uh, thing of this uh, friend also is, Jesus said in John 16 and he says, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Now again, I, I, you, you read something like that, you think, how can that possibly be true? I mean, think about it, you're the disciples, you're, you're with this man. You've witnessed all of the things that he's doing and saying, you know, he is the Son of God, he's the Messiah. And, And Peter, we know, struggled with this. There were often times where Jesus would tell Peter, I'm not gonna be here long. And Peter would try to rebuke him. And again, I don't think it's because you know Peter knew better. I think Peter was just afraid. What do you mean you're leaving? We we can't have you leave. We need you here, we want you here. How can this possibly be good for us, Jesus, if you're gonna leave us? And he says, you know what, unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. When Jesus came to the earth, one of the things he wanted to do was to be able to relate to us and to understand our human condition. That's why he took on flesh and became a human being. He could only be in one place at one time, limited by time and space. Jesus says to his disciples, When I leave, it's going to be better in this regard. When the friend called the Holy Spirit comes, he will not be limited to being in one place at one time. He will be able to reside, to dwell, and to live in every believer. And he'll be able to minister to everyone's needs. When he is the counselor comes, he'll guide you, he'll strengthen you, he'll comfort you, he'll instruct you in the ways of life. He will always be with you. He will lead you into all truth. What a great friend to have. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian and you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And it is just like having Jesus. It's the same exact kind of person Jesus had. And Jesus says when the Holy Spirit comes, we're going to have peace, and we're going to have joy. And again, Simon talked about just having that peace that passes, understanding one of the gifts one of the benefits of the holy spirit is is that peace of god it will guard your heart and your mind in christ jesus some of you are dealing you're wrestling with issues right now and for some of you you're kind of in a mental torment you're kind of in mental anguish that is not the peace of god The peace of God is in the midst of that. He's going to guard your heart and your mind. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to give you joy in in those situations. Not joy that you're going through it, but just joy that he's going to be with you, that he's going to lead you through it, that he has a plan for that circumstance, for that situation that seems so daunting to you this morning. And he doesn't want you to be tormented. He doesn't want you to be tortured by that. If it's it's medical, if it's financial, if it's relational, whatever that may be, God has a plan for that this morning. And he's given you the counselor, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge to apply and to bring to that situation, to that circumstance, that that peace of God, that gift of the Holy Spirit, one of the many gifts of the Holy Spirit, that gift of the Holy Spirit will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. For some of you this morning that could be the greatest gift of Christmas for you is that peace and joy which are ours through that counselor, that Holy Spirit that God the Father sent for you and for me I'm going to invite the worship team back up this morning. We're just going to just end. And my challenge to you this morning is we just end in a time of worship, just in a, in a time of communion, again, just fellowshipping with God. Again, this is, a, again, a great reminder as we just, again, have the body, the blood of Jesus this morning. Again, it's just a reminder to you and I as we partake of this bread, as we dip it in the juice that represents his blood this morning. Again, it is just a very, very real, tangible reminder that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is for us. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and everything that is happening in your life. God has a plan and a purpose, and this is a reminder of that. This is also a reminder to you this morning how valued and how loved you are by God. He loved you so much that he, Jesus came and was willing to, to lay his life down for you and for me as a demonstration and again as proof, as manifestation of his love for you and me. And he's not going anywhere. And this morning as we partake of this, as we receive the body, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is just a reminder as you kind of take that, I I don't want you to smear it on your sleeve I don't want you to have it with you. I want you to take it. I want you to receive it, to ingest it, for this to be in you. Again, as a reminder of the Holy Spirit's desire, not to just be with you this morning, but to be in you. And once he's in you, he'll never leave you. Amen. Father, we just thank you so much this morning, again, for this great reminder of your presence with us in the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, again for those, that reminder of your presence, of your power. Again, as we reflect again on the manifold wisdom of God that was manifested in the life of Jesus, that that same wisdom, that same spirit of knowledge can be manifested in our lives. And just as Jesus walked and ministered and how that spirit of wisdom and knowledge was a blessing to others, Father, we desire, Lord, for your wisdom, for your knowledge, Lord, that Holy Spirit in us to be able to be not just a benefit for us, Lord, but a benefit to those that we speak to. So we desire, God, as Jesus, to increase in wisdom And knowledge we desire to increase, Father, this morning in favor with you and with man. So this morning, Father, we just come, Lord. We just ask for more of you. We ask, God, for more wisdom. We ask for more knowledge, for more understanding through the power, the presence of that living counselor, the Holy Spirit that lives, dwells, and abides in us. And we just thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.